Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. And they will become seeds uh, that will bear fruit of etern- of et- for eternity. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. So I'm going to save all my jokes uh, for next week because we are running out of time. All right? Uh, next week, we're going to do a little bit of that. But I was reading an article. This article was written uh, two, two years ago. Uh, it was on uh, a website called uh, lifescience.com. Uh, and it was uh, the title of the article is Why Women Have the Survivor Advantage in Time of Crisis. Uh, and the article is very, very interesting. Uh, and it talks about the fact that women, they have always uh, done better in times of crisis. Uh, the title of my message is Motherhood in Times of Crisis. And in this article, they analyze historical data, especially from 1772 to 1939. Uh, This period was especially a very difficult period. Uh, There were a lot of, uh, and they look at seven different times within this period of time where there were major, major crises in the world. Uh, they look at these are seasons of famine, starvation, diseases, slavery. Uh, there was they look at uh, one of the times they look at is the Irish potato famine, uh, missile epidemic that happened, and they look at also you know plantation slaves in the, in Trinidad at the beginning of 19th century, and they collected this data to look at life expectancies of men and women. And they realize um, women always, in those, regardless of time you look at, they have always outlived men. And I thought that was very interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, now we know in modern time that even currently, I mean, we're not in any crisis per se, apart from, you know, the pandemic that we, we you know, uh, we, we've been through. But the last hundred years has been relatively stable. But even in good time, we know that women has, they have rather a higher life expectancy than men. But this study especially focused on crisis, times when things were tough. And they realized that even in those periods, you know, women, they have an advantage. And they checked, they look, you know, uh, these are public health uh, scientists uh, who look at this data. Uh, they started asking, is this a biological advantage? Is this environmental advantage? Or is this simply just behavioral? Because sometimes we attribute this to behavior. Men tend to take risk more, which exposes them to some of these dangers of death more. But even when you remove all that, they discover that women still have biological advantage because they also look at data, or data of children boys and girls, 
and they realize that there is a survivor instinct. The survivor instinct is a lot greater in even in children because obviously at that time, the factor of environment wasn't there. In fact, in the article, they talked about the fact that when we talked about advantage, the young children, I mean, among children, boys have always had advantage, especially in those primitive years when the preference was always for the male child. So if the resources were scarce, you know, for food and things like that, you know, the, the parent will always do whatever they needed to do for the boy first. Even in those times, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, children that were females, they still did better. So there seemed to be a biological advantage, according to science. But what is biological advantage? I believe biological advantage is simply divine advantage. It's simply what God has put in women to make them do better in times of crisis. Now, I stumble on this anyway because I confirm what I was thinking about. Because I personally attribute this to the kind of strength that God has given women. Now, there is what I call the soft strength, and there is what we call the brute strength, all right? The brute strength is really what men have. Uh, We can be, you know, we have the energy kind of a brute strength, uh, which, you know, allows us to do, you know, know, to be sprinters, to be hunters, to sometimes obviously be abusive, unfortunately. You know, that brute strength is there, but women, God has blessed women with what I call the softer side of strength that, allow, that allows women to do very well in things that require resiliency. So women tend to be more resilient. They, that's why, you know, only women can give birth to children. I don't think men, as strong as we are, can really withstand the pain of childbirth. You know, because God had to give women certain level of grace that allows them to really be able to go through that painful labor, you know, you know, to be able to do, you know, pro- reproduce and give birth to children. So women are graced with such a soft strength that allows them to do well, you know, to bear problems better, to go through challenges better. It's even been documented that, you know, uh, when they, women do better when they lose their spouse than men because they have that instinct that help them to cope better and to survive better. And now, that leads me to the fact that women, be, that becomes an advantage for women in times of crisis. Uh, times of crisis is a time for women to really rise up because you've been graced, you've been anointed, you've been ordained to really thrive in time of crisis. So I have a word for mothers here, you know, watching and listening to me, that you are designed to thrive in this time of crisis. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, I will take you through a few very few passages of scripture to look at hero mothers that we have in the Bible. I mean, there are, there are a lot of them, but I'm going to just focus on four of them. You know, that are, you know, they are kind of on top of my list. As mothers who have literally saved the world, 
in time of crisis. I mean, by their actions, actions of faith. And I pray that those stories will encourage you, especially mothers watching, to know that no matter how you feel right now, there is a grace upon you. Uh, if you can just embrace it and tap into it, you too can be a hero in crisis. Praise the name of Jesus. The first person I will look at is, uh, uh, you know, is uh, called Jochebed. You know, many of us don't even know who Jochebed is. <laughs> She's the mother of Moses. There's not so much of mentioning of her name uh, in the scripture. But Jochebed did something that is remarkable in times of crisis. If you look at Exodus chapter 1 and you read verse 22, you know, in the, which is, uh, I think, the last verse in, um, in Exodus chapter 1, it ended with the fact that Pharaoh gave an order to all his people that every Hebrew boy that is born must be thrown into the Nile. But every girl should leave. Why was Pharaoh doing this? Now, Pharaoh was trying to weaken the Israelites. Uh, and the way to do that is to eradicate their male, all right? Because, you know, if you want, you weaken them by making sure they have less male so that they will not rise up and fight against the Egyptians in the future. So Pharaoh decided the best way to do that is he gave a command to all his, you know, all the nurses, doctors, midwives, you know, just make sure you destroy, you kill all the male child, you know, that is born. Now, someone stood up, and that is uh, Jochebed. You know, that is a mother in times of crisis. I mean, look at what she did. If you look at, if you look at Exodus chapter 1, now she gave birth to her own child. And, uh, you know, let's look at what, how the Bible put it in uh, verse 1. It says, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. So they were both Levites. They were both ministers. Uh, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son when she saw that he was a fine child, just like any other woman. Every woman believes that their child is fine, right? She's so, he's so cute. Oh, boy, I need to really do something. The Bible says she saw that this is a very pretty child, <laughs> you know, handsome boy. She hid him for three months. That's a courageous heart. That's, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that you could die doing. I mean, so she found a way to hide. I, I don't even know how she did it. I mean, but that is only a woman can make such an endurance. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of endurance that can survive in times of crisis, all right? And so he hid him for three months, but when she could hide him no longer, you know, obviously at some point she, this could not happen anymore, uh, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and a peach, right? So she, she kind of made an artificial canoe, a small one, made from uh, papyrus, which is some form of, uh, you know, leaves, all right? And, uh, and she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Wow, this, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. This is, I mean, obviously, I believe strongly that God gave her this, 
You know, this is not a natural way, you know, to hide. Obviously, she couldn't hide anymore. She was probably living in her basement, in her closet. I can imagine how she will be, you know, try to put cloth in his mouth when he's crying so that nobody hears us as a, you know, or disguise him as a girl so that nobody knows. I mean, she went through this day after day for three months until, you know, she ran out of options. And she, you know, I'm sure she went to God and said, God, give me a wisdom. Teach me something to do. You know, God gave her this wisdom, which naturally doesn't look like wisdom. This is not how you save uh, a child. But the, the story goes on. Even, you know, somehow, you know, Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, took the child, hired her to be the nanny for the child, she actually got paid to raise her own child. Uh, that's amazing. That's a fantastic story. Now, this is a saving action because this is Moses that eventually delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. Can you imagine that? It took, I mean, we can look at Moses as a strong man that God used without the action of his mother. The Moses will have died. And I know there are many women watching me. Maybe that's where you find yourself. Or you've done that. You've risked your life to raise your own child. I mean, to, to protect them, to be there for them. Even, even you've risked, some of you have risked your career. You've risked so many things, you know, to make sure your child is fine. Uh, you know, and I pray that you will be blessed and you will be inspired today in Jesus' name. The next person we're going to look at is Hannah. Hannah was a woman that struggled to have a child. Uh, she went through, unfortunately, she also found herself in a, in a polygamous relationship. It is possible because of her lack of childbearing, led the husband to have another woman. You know, you know who knows? But she found herself in a very difficult place, you know, especially in those days where there were, you know, women had very little rights and little voice, you know, and having a child was very important to a woman to be relevant uh, in those culture, uh, you know, in the culture of those days. So she really went through a tough time and she you know, she, she did what many mothers and many women would do. And I've seen women do that a lot. You know, the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, in a deep anguish, so she went through a time of anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And I know there are women weeping and praying to the Lord. I pray that the Lord will answer your prayer. Every woman that is looking at me, that is weeping for something, you know, no matter what it is, you know, because, you know, that's the only person you can cry to. Anna couldn't cry to her husband, couldn't, I mean, nobody, I mean, she, nobody could help her. And she recognized, you know what, the only place I can go to 
is to God. So I pray for all the praying mothers looking at me. Maybe you are believing God for, your, for a child. Or maybe you are believing God to transform your child. Maybe your child is difficult, you know, in, in bad behavior. Or maybe it's health issue. Or maybe you are even praying for your husband. Maybe you're praying for your family. Maybe you're praying. I pray. I, know, I want to let you know that God sees you the same way he sees Anna. The same way he recognizes and heard the prayer of Anna. The Lord will hear your prayer in Jesus' name. Look at what she said. And she made a vow. Lord Almighty, if you will only look at your servant misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Wow. And she made a vow. And one thing I know about women, they are very good at honoring their vow. Uh, I have discovered that women are obviously much more generous, much more when it comes to things of God, making vow, because she honored her vow. She made a vow. I'm, you know, I also believe strongly that that prayer was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That kind of prayer can only be by God, because what she didn't know was that God was also looking for somebody. <clears throat> God needed a prophet. God needed, Eli was already on his way out. Eli's children, they were not into, uh, they were not good for God. They'd gone their own way. God was looking for somebody. And what Hannah did touched the heart of God. Because she said, if you give me a child, I will give him to you. And look at what happened. God bless him with someone. Look at, we have prophet Samuel. I mean, how would the Bible look like without Samuel? And without Samuel, we won't have, you know, Samuel anointed Saul, anointed David. I mean, Samuel is one of the greatest when it comes to judges and seers and prophets in Israel. You know, so, but it's the courageous action of this woman. Now, she was misunderstood. She was misunderstood. You know, even when she was praying, the prophet thought she was drunk. Just imagine you're praying and your pastor thinks you are drunk. That's the best assumption, you know, that the guy can come up with, you know. But the Lord honored her. And I pray for all the mothers out there watching, the Lord will honor you in Jesus' name. The next mother I'm going to talk about is Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, gave us John the Baptist. You know, Elizabeth, like Anna, also had a, 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 a tough time having a child. For a very long time, she, she and her husband, they couldn't conceive. And the Lord eventually blessed them. And we all know the story. You know, the Lord met the husband, you know, in the temple when he was doing a... He was offering sacrifices, and the Lord said he was going to have a child, Zechariah. Eventually, they had a child, but that child was a special child. And she knew. She knew right away. Uh, now, her cousin was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, and Mary, at some point, because of the pressure, the shame, you know, you know, Mary just got pregnant, and Mary was going through, you know, 
I mean, this shame, you know, out of fear that, you know what, this news we get around, Mary decided, you know what, let me go to my cousin. Let me travel uh, away from, uh, you know, from uh, Bethlehem and go and travel and stay with my cousin, older cousin, uh, who is Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth saw Mary, and as soon as she saw Mary, she recognized there's a connection here. There's a connection here. She's carrying the mother of my Lord. In fact, the Lord used her to prophesy. You know, when, she, when Mary showed up in Luke chapter 1, verse 42, it's in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Look at that. The Lord started using her to prophesy. Uh, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. If you go to verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now, I love Elizabeth because she accepted her place. Somehow she knew, you know, you know what? My son is to serve your son. Now, she's the older person, and she's the older person here, you know, uh, you know much older than Mary, of course, but she, she, she knew that. And she also, there's some, another thing I love about uh, Elizabeth was she honored the calling over her son's life, all right? I mean, she wasn't willing to compete with her cousin. She wasn't willing to do that, but she... You know, even in her own pregnancy, she also offered, that's a difficult time to host somebody, right? She offered a place to stay to marry. And that's, those, that's what mothers do. You know, just mothering, just, you know, just caring, nurturing, and taking care of people. So Elizabeth is, a, is an heroic mother, you know, that we should celebrate. And there are a lot of women like that who just, they, they just take time to care for others. I mean, they have their own challenges, you know, but they take care of other people's challenges. And that's very, that's a, that's a quality that is very, very common among women who are able to really live their own challenges and take care of other people's challenges. And I, I know there are a lot of mothers who fit that profile watching today. I just want you to know that the Lord sees you. The Lord knows you. The Lord who sees all your labor in helping others, supporting others. Maybe you don't have your own child, but you are teaching other people's children. You know, maybe you, you, know, you are praying for others, even when you are going through your own. Those are characteristics of a lot of women, especially Christian women. The Lord that sees you, he will reward you greatly. And lastly, we're going to talk about Mary the mother of Jesus, the best of them all, is the most famous mother. Now, she was chosen as a young lady to bear the son of God. That is amazing. That is amazing. In Luke chapter 1, we read verse 30. The angel said to her, angel appeared to Mary and said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing statement to hear from an angel. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
he will be great. We be called the son of the most high. The Lord, the Lord God will give him the, the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. That's an amazing statement. I mean, I know obviously Mary was chosen because the Lord knew she would make a great mother. You know, I mean, the Lord had to pick a, 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 someone that will make a great mother to raise Jesus. And it, it would take someone like Mary to raise Jesus. You know, even based on her response here, uh, you know, she was afraid. She was, you know, I mean, this was too big for her. This was an assignment that was going to mess all our plans. And I know so many women have done that. So many women have, you know, changed their plans, you know, for the sake of others. You know, they've allowed, you know, some, some of you, you know, followed your husband, you know, to somewhere. You've done things that it just looks like, you know what, how come I'm always giving? I just want to pray for you today and assure you the Lord sees your sacrifice and the Lord will honor you in Jesus' name. Mary favored, found favor with God. I mean, that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, finding favor with God can mean being thrown into a lot of unknowns, you know, being given God's agenda in such a way that he can rock your own world. And, you know, Mary went through all that ups and downs, rejection, rejection by Joseph, reconciliation, and having to run away to Egypt for two years after giving birth. I mean, even at giving birth itself, she had to go through giving birth to the same child in a manger. I mean, it was a rough life. Not once did you hear Mary, you know, curse God, be angry at God. You know, I mean, that's what qualified her. She was, she accepted that assignment with joy, with grace, and she was able to go through those tough times. She ran away for two, she had to go away for two years, you know, because Herod was, Herod was about to kill, wanted to kill the child. Came back and had to deal with the kind of child Jesus was. Jesus was not your typical child, you know, but Mary had the patience. Mothers have patience. In mothers are supportive, you know, and I really want to bless all the mothers in the house, supporting their children, being there for them to make sure God's plan for them is fulfilled. You will have your own reward in Jesus' name. When Jesus was dying, was on the cross, Mary was there. Wow. He, she was there. And I, you know, I, I mean, if you, if, you, if you look at verse 25, Verse 25, near the cross, John chapter 19, verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Wow. A mother that can be there for you even when you're on the cross. Look at what, you know, Mary, the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple woman he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. So Jesus handed over his mother, you know, to uh, John. That's Jesus' love for his mother. Even at the cross, he knew, I need to honor my mother. So to all the women watching, to all the mothers watching, to all the grandmothers watching, uh, we honor you today, and I want to assure you the Lord honors you. 
the Lord sees your work, the Lord sees your labor of love. To the woman praying, the Lord will hear your prayer. To the woman crying, the Lord hears your cry. To the woman who uh, you know, are dealing with head challenges, the Lord sees your head challenges. To the woman concerned about your children, the Lord will take care of your children. Today is just to let you know you were born for such a time like this. And to all the women worried, worried, concerned about what is going on in the world today, the challenges of the pandemic, I want you to take courage from all these women that we've talked about. Read about them and derive some courage by saying, you know what? I am a resilient woman. I was born and made and anointed for such a time like this. My word needs me. My family needs me. And I am going to shine and thrive even in the midst of the challenges we are going through. And I pray that that will be your testimony in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If today is your first time of watching with us, uh, we like to know you. We like to you know, connect with you a little further. There will be a link on your platform. Uh, or if you just want to type, you can go and 